Hello, listener. You've come across the latest episode of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. How's it going? My name is Robert Kerr, your host, as always, here on your source for uh, soccer in the Great Lakes State. Wonderful to be with you after a weekend that truly was a, a turning to the fall season. It really put everything in perspective. I went to my first college game since college, and uh, we just had our youth soccer preseason meeting, so we're officially getting into fall. And joining me this week on the show, happy to have a guest alongside me from the start, the host of the We Are Soccer TV show that comes to you on the Woodward Sports Network. Hey, Craig Hearn, how's it going? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Robert. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, and uh, another... uh, local Michigan soccer broadcaster and promoter. It's wonderful to be shoulder to shoulder. And we have a a venture between uh, Michigan Soccer Central and We Are Soccer that we're excited. Just uh, premiered on uh, your show over the weekend. But before we uh, talk about your show and uh, Michigan soccer, uh, give me a little rundown of uh, what your uh, soccer weekend looked like here the last weekend of August 2021. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I didn't actually get out to watch any soccer physically this weekend, but I watched some games on the TV. I'm very big into um, English Premier League. I'm very big into the Bundesliga. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've recently started to get into the MLS, so I watched a bunch of MLS games as well. And then um, our local pro team here, Detroit City FC, I ventured down to the Detroit City FC clubhouse to watch the Detroit City game as they were away to Chicago House AC. So cool atmosphere down there at, uh, at the clubhouse um, with a bunch of uh, DCFC fans. So, um, yeah, nothing nothing outside. I was kind of glad to be inside this weekend because it was 90, 95 plus with no wind. So very humid here in Michigan. Um, but uh, sat inside and watched a bunch of games on TV, uh, which is, you know, kind of kind of how my weekend's been going through the summer. Well, I mean, with soccer, as much soccer is on right now, there's a, a plethora internationally, nationally, and locally that uh, we, we get it where we can. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I had an old fashioned experience. I listened to uh, the Liverpool Chelsea game on the radio. Uh, we bought a new car, so uh, we have that uh, trial XM. So we got the rare experience of uh, we drove down state and listening to the just, you know, purely audio, which is the first in a long time. Uh, that was fun, and then uh, I did got got to see some of the man you. Uh, it's curious to see whether uh, Ronaldo will be a bonus or a hamstring to them. And then uh, went to my first college game uh, since college, like I said, which was uh, really a game you just kind of had to shake your head at. It was a game like I've never seen before, um, hosted at uh, Oakland University. Um, it was it was wild. Oakland uh, capitalized in the first half, uh, a kind of a scruffy clearance from the Michigan keeper, and uh, local product Dylan Borzak uh, punished him with a left-footed strike. But then uh, it seemed in every period of the game, because it went through all the way through to to two overtimes, it seemed like for the first eighty percent of every single period of play, Oakland seemed to have the upper hand. But in like the final five to ten minutes of each single period of play. Michigan really poured it on and they scored both of their goals with just mere seconds on the clock. So they made their 
one-to-one equalizer with three seconds to go before the halftime uh, air horn. Mm-hmm. When one-one uh, throughout regulation, Michigan poured it on at the end of uh, the second half too. And then as uh, they do in college, they do the countdown like over the speaker, like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. And Michigan got a corner with like eight seconds left, took the corner. And as the guy over the PA is counting down three, two, one, they tie. He says one and Michigan uh, hit the game winning goal with, you know, after the guy says one goes in uh, after a rebound off the goalie. And absolute pandemonium. I know uh, your fellow uh, Woodward Sports uh, Network uh, compatriot, Air, um, Neil Rule. Neil yeah. Rule was like, he's, he, he was on the call, I believe, and he said it's nothing like he's ever seen. And I've never seen a crowd so confused because the, they said one on the countdown, uh, but the buzzer never went. But there was zero seconds on the clock. And, you know, Michigan... They're the, the whole team and staff just rushes the field in celebration. Well, I think 11 players in Oakland University are just like laid out on the floor in disappointment. It was an unreal scene for, for a team to score two goals with like a, a, a combined like four seconds on the clock in each in each period was something like I've never seen that transgress at all. Yeah, that, that that's a that was one of the craziest games um, that we've had in a long time. And two great teams, Oakland are just stacked this year with great players. And Eric Pogue, the uh, the head coach of Oakland, has done a fantastic job recruiting and putting a great team to, team together there. Um, and Coach Shaka Daly of University of Michigan, uh, man, they 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 really took it to Oakland at, at Oakland's home field and a beautiful facility they have over there at uh, Oakland University. Um, but yeah, it, I, the ending of that game, oh my word. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw anything like that. Just a goal, uh, you know, goes out for a corner kick. The Michigan guy runs over and, and throws it, in, you know, gets it in there. And w- what an ending to a game. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, <laughs> it's, there's no words, but just just crazy. What a crazy game. Yeah, I'd recommend anyone listening to this who uh, didn't see it head over. I, I linked it on R2 Kurt to my Twitter handle or the Michigan Soccer Central uh uh, social medias or the uh, the YouTube channel. Dan got the, the 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 winning goal. He was he was posted up by. I got like the last thirty seconds of the game on camera. So he he has a video. Uh, Michigan Soccer Central has the video of that uh, uh, amazing equalizer. And, and you said it was a beautiful beautiful uh, setting for it. Um, mm-hmm. I was thankful to find the shady bit at the other end of the field during the second half. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm I'm sure because as we, we talked about it was. Uh... And it was blistering hot this past weekend here in Michigan. Yeah, it was no doubt. I spent the last week way up north at the the very northern bit of uh, the lower peninsula, and it was like 20 degrees cooler. So I, I was sweating when we got down here, but it was great. I brought my son out to Oakland University and rode out there with a uh, fellow Oakland County FC super fan, Elmwood Elite member, uh, Andreas and uh, we rode out there. Had a three three member uh, unofficial uh, Kevin Buka Appreciation Club. Sadly, we uh, he 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 was uh, he was not participating. He was uh, injured for the time being, so didn't get to see Kevin Buka. But tons of great players on both sides, like you said. Uh, I I got to see uh, Dylan Borzak play for the first time in like three years. I he was he played for Oakland County FC in 2018, and uh, he really just like grew up in that season. And it's it's really great to see him. Um, you know, really taking. Uh, 
you know, a hold of responsibility. He he was like probably one of the the lead weapons in that uh, Golden Grizzlies uh, lineup. And uh, there was a uh, a freshman on University of Michigan. He wasn't even in the game day program. I had to ask uh, later on about it. Number twenty two on Michigan had so many chances. He hit the the woodwork on a number of occasions and just was an elusive player. I got to look into him more, but um, shout out to number uh, 22 on Michigan yesterday, Michael Leon. He uh, he really put on a show when he was on. He came in as a sub. And going back to the conclusion with the countdown in the college game, I have rolled my eyes at it in the past, but being at the game, maybe just because that game was incredible, I'm high on it, but what do you think of the college game having the solid countdown clock and just being I, done? I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's become, uh, call me a, a traditionalist, but uh, I'm, I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan of the way they've done it in the past in Europe. Right. And, and the way they still do it where the referee has the official time. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, it seems to work. It gets the job done here, but uh, I think always the, the referee should have the official time. So that's just my feeling. And I've heard a lot of people call it, um, instead of calling it, you know, the extra time, they call it uh, special time because it's up to the referee of how much time he wants to add. Um, but I, I don't I don't mind the countdown. Uh, it, it seemed to work in this instance. The team knew exactly how much time was. Everybody on the field and everybody in the stands knew exactly how much time was, was left. And um, one team got the job done. Yeah, it like a, it was it was a heck of a time to re-enter uh the college soccer world to to get mm-hmm. to that ending. So so kudos, great to see um some some high-level play uh right here in our Metro Detroit backyard and um you know, game on for, you know, fall seasons, right? Uh do you mm-hmm. have any little ones moving into uh the youth soccer world this this fall? I do. I have I have three young kids, eight, six, and three. My eight-year-old plays for the Michigan Jaguars uh, for Coach Mike Radke. Um, good young team, uh, and Coach Radke is an awesome coach. Uh, and then I have my six-year-old daughter who is going to be uh, doing the Michigan Jaguars. Um, uh, what do they call it? Like the the Junior Jags uh, with Coach Trisha Wellick, um, and she's done that before. We're we're huge fans of uh, the Junior Jags and Trisha Wellick, and uh, they do such an awesome job. We, our, our daughter is, uh, she just turned six, so she's not quite ready to be on a team yet and have that full commitment. But the Junior Jags lets her twice a week get out, practice, and play a game and just have fun and, and learn. And uh, so, yeah, uh, my, my three-year-old, uh, he's not quite ready yet, but he better be because um, we named him after my, our favorite soccer team. So, uh, if he doesn't, if he grows up and doesn't like soccer, uh, I, I have failed as a parent, I guess. Oh boy, oh boy, let him come to it, Craig. Let him come to it. Yeah. Well, he, he's not going to have much of a choice. I mean, uh, he sees his dad and his older brother there. We watch soccer all weekend. You know, on Saturday morning, it's we got NBC Sports on. We're watching the EPL games, and then uh, obviously, um, my kids are very aware of the We Are Soccer show, and they like to watch me on YouTube and and Facebook and. They're very aware that their dad is 100% uh, a soccer guy. So, yeah, they'll, they'll get into it in a, if, uh, properly eventually. Well, okay, so now that we're on the subject, we got through our soccer weekend. So 
Um, you're here because uh, Michigan Soccer Central. And uh, do you have a title other than the host? Are you the founder of the group? Or what's your full title of uh, We Are Soccer? That's a great question. Um, yeah, so let's go with founder and owner because uh, it's an independent show that, that, we, uh, that we air on the Woodward Sports Network. But uh, yeah, it's just um, the Woodward Sports Network kind of just started up, I think it was in November of last year, and my brother-in-law works for them. And I was in their offices one day just kind of milling around and looking at a bunch of stuff they did. Um, and I, I was really intrigued with what they were doing. And they, they were talking about the Tigers and the Lions and the Pistons and all the, the sports news. And I said, you know, I, I've been in Metro Detroit for, for 30 plus years and the soccer community here is crying out for something like this. You guys need to do a show. Um, and they just kind of stared at me and said, well, you're the only person we know who knows soccer and, and can talk about it. So um, do you want to do a soccer show? And I went, yep, I'll do it. Sure. Why not? I've never been on, I've never been on videos. I've never, you know, hosted anything in my life, um, but I know soccer. So let's give it a shot. So that's kind of how it came about. Um, just kind of pure happenstance and me telling them they should do a soccer show and them looking back and going, you're it. So yeah, here we are. So, so the show preceded the uh, Facebook group and the, your, your media following. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, yeah, just kind of put together a start date and some some uh, stuff and uh, got all the, the social uh, accounts ready. And then we just started it up. And yeah, it preceded uh, everything. And from there, um, it just everything just kind of followed. You know, we got a Facebook page of 2,500 followers. Uh, we've got a Facebook group with over uh, 1,000 followers now. Um, our, we're, every day, our Twitter account and our Instagram account is building. Um, but yeah, it just kind of started with me saying, I'm going to interview local people in the area because uh, I still play. I've uh, grown up in the area and played at the highest levels that the state has to offer. So I've still got a bunch of contacts and people, you know, they kind of flocked to it and said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be interviewed on your show and I'll come on and I'll help. And yeah, it's just kind of grown. And it, the idea was just to highlight soccer. You know, um, I'm a huge fan, as I've said several times already on, on uh, today is of the EPL, but a lot of Americans don't understand how the EPL works or they don't get the, the real news or uh, the Bundesliga, same thing. They don't understand how that league works. So I said, well, let's put a show, you know, let's, let's put on our show. Let's, let's talk about the news that's coming out of those leagues, but then let's also feature Detroit city FC because I don't think a lot of parents and a lot of young kids know about them and let's show them what they are and, and how, uh, it is a professional sports team, and it's not just some little amateur team here in Detroit. So let's talk about Detroit City FC. Let's talk about all the clubs we have here, because one of my big, I don't want to say gripes, but one of my big things is in the in the USA, I don't think people really realize the level of soccer and the players that have come out of the state of Michigan over the years. Um, some of the, some just great players, and uh, I've played soccer all over this country, but for me, some of the best quality soccer has been here in Michigan. So uh, we wanted to highlight that a little bit on the show as well. Um, and I've, I've known about you guys at Michigan Soccer Central for quite a few years. Um, there's some other groups that I've known about. And I said, these guys are doing some good things. Let's, let's help each other. And I want to be able to highlight their podcast and, and what they're doing for the sport. Um, so it just kind of all came together. And we're still building. I'm, you know, We Are Soccer is officially six months old. Um, I think this week, actually, uh, we've done 
We've done 24 live shows, and our live show airs on Saturday morning, um, uh, and we're all, all online. So it's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, our main three uh, platforms that we air our live show on. But then we do uh, two or three different shows a week. We have a Bundesliga chat time we do. Uh, we have a MLS roundup show that we do, and then I do um, We Are Soccer Extra Time as well. Uh, and they're just side videos. You know, they can be anywhere from five to, to 25 minutes. And um, we put them up as podcasts. We put them up as videos. And, uh, yeah, just trying to do something different, but just highlight what we have here in Michigan. Because, as you know, Robert, the, the level of soccer and the passion we have for this sport um, is so – it's just – it's so huge here in Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of how it all came about. And that's what kind of brings you here, um, other than than all the great work that you're doing – um, the team up, uh, the new segment on the We Are Soccer Show, the the collaborative uh, segment of the Michigan Soccer Central and We Are Soccer Team of the Week. Uh, that segment just debuted on your show over the weekend and across uh, both of our uh, social media networks. The Jaguars 2009 girls, the first ever hashtag MSCWASTOTW. And uh, uh, I believe uh, the the crew is uh, working uh, diligently, or they 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 were they oversaw or viewed um, some some teams, a youth, uh, high school club, and uh, I think we might venture into to college as well of of teams either outstanding performances on the field during that. Uh, that week period, or um, sometimes even uh, what teams do off the field and uh, maybe a community endeavor might, might earn them uh, a nomination for the team of the week. And um, I'm excited to get this going. And we're also wanted to open it up uh, to send in if uh, you a listener went to a game or your kid's team has on an outstanding run. Why don't you post uh, your nominations uh, to, to, Tag We Are Soccer and uh, Michigan Soccer Central with your nominee for the team of the week. Uh, we want to highlight, um, like you said, we want to put a spotlight on the, the wonderful teams and just the dearth of youth teams that there really are in Southwest, Southeast Michigan and all across the state. Because one thing that I definitely learned from the club scene this summer was uh, the, the huge amount of talent on the west side of the state, too. Yeah, I mean, the, the the amount of soccer we have, uh, good soccer teams and players and coaches is, is I, we're never going to be short uh, for this segment, uh, you know, team of the week. I guarantee it. Um, it's just, there's so many good teams out there. And and I want to point out something you said there to, to the listener, Robert, of this isn't just, you know, teams who are excelling on the field. We want to highlight teams who are doing good in the community, right? So if there's a team out there that's helping uh, off the field, you know, doing charity work or whatever it may be, uh, we, we want to hear about it and we want to highlight them. Uh, we don't just want to hear about a team that wins 6 nothing every week um, that's full of good players, but those are that's nice. But uh, I think we also want to hear about those teams that are doing stuff off the field and really come together to help the community and and, and do good in the world. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I, I just I love the fact that we've got two awesome programs of MSC and we are soccer uh, kind of teaming up and, and for lack of a better term, just highlighting youth soccer and the, the what's out there. So, 
Yeah, yeah definitely. Once you get to the fall and uh, you follow a Michigan Soccer Central on the socials, you know <laughs> there is a lot of coverage of uh, the youth sports and uh, the high school soccer. Uh, Dan, he is everywhere, and he is passionate about the high school game for sure. And I'm not sure. I think some of the only non-Oakland County FC games I've been to where he didn't happen to be there anyway were games he's asked me to cover for him. <laughs> yeah, he, he he pops up everywhere. I didn't communicate with him really at all that uh, we were going to that Oakland University U of M game in Boone. There he is. Uh, he, was, yeah, he, he was already there. So, yeah, uh, he definitely, with our with our forces combined, will um, – Put shine a light on uh, the, the 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 youth and just the the, the standouts of the game uh, we love here locally. One thing that fascinates me, and I feel like this whole project, uh, uh, just being involved with grassroots soccer here, is uh, one day to figure out uh, just <laughs> the the multitude of success stories as far as like youth programs and semi pro teams, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the black hole or the cloud that hovers over like. Um, like mainstream, like professional success, uh, it's just kind of kind of wild that like there there's just a a, a a multitude, you know, bubbling up in the in the uh, in the you know, what do you call it, the subculture? And mm-hmm. I, I feel like uh, you know Detroit is you know breaking down those doors into the mainstream bit by bit. Um, I really uh, it's curious. I'm really excited to see uh, what these next five ten years have in store for. Um, for our game because <laughs> it'd be pretty wild if it petered out because there's just so much interest, so many new teams starting and maybe I'm uh, in my own soccer bubble, but it seems like the, the gener our generation that, you know, we grew up with it more having the kids. So I feel like maybe there's more educated uh, decisions and, and, and teams and players maybe going into it now than when we were, when we were younger. Yeah, I mean, I can talk to you that about that. I can talk about that for a little bit. Like, like I said, I've I've been inside the soccer community in the Metro Detroit area for over thirty years now. Um, I moved here from England when I was nine, um, so you might be wondering where's my accent, but that disappeared pretty quick because I was nine years old. But um, but it it there wasn't very many soccer teams here. There was just you know I remember the first team I played on was coached by a local dad. And then the next team I moved to was coached by a mom. Um, and then all of a sudden uh, I moved on up and, and the coach, uh, I played for the Michigan Wolves uh, and the coach was a, just a volunteer coach. Um, and now 30 years later, we've got, we've got guys who are full-time coaches. We've got clubs that have multiples, multitudes of teams in one year. So you've got, you know, the 2009 girls black silver white blue um and and the coaching has gotten better i have not seen a downturn in soccer in the state of michigan yet and in this country for that matter it just keeps growing every single year it just gets more and more and more and the fact that espn and nbc have bought in the rights of um the epl the english premier league and the bundesliga and the syria uh, and the Liga, it just shows that that people want to watch this sport. It's becoming more and more popular. Um, there's here specifically in Metro Detroit, I don't see it dying down. I see it just keeping growing. Um, I see a lot of kids who in years past or decades past would have been baseball or hockey. Now, all of a sudden, they're turning to soccer because there's more opportunities to play for them. 
Um, the one thing that has been said about soccer here in the United States is that it costs a lot of money to play. Um, there are clubs where it costs quite a bit of money to play, but there's also some local clubs that are pretty cheap and it's inefficient uh, to it, it, for your kid to play. So uh, it's not a lot of money. Your kid can get out and play and, and still get decent coaching. Um, I see this sport growing in the next five or 10 more five or 10 years even more uh, and i see it i believe it's already overtaken hockey uh, the nhl so there's more viewers of soccer than there's the nhl hockey i see it overtaking baseball soon um and don't forget 2026 the world cup comes here you know there's a the world cup comes to Can uh, it's north america so it'll be sh the games will be live here in the usa and canada and mexico so um, it's just going to keep going, just going to keep growing. Uh, so the fact that, you know, Michigan soccer central and we are soccer, um, it's kind of, kind of at the start of something here with our podcasts and our shows. Uh, I, I don't see a downturn to be honest. So you moved here when you were nine. And, uh, so, so you, I'm assuming you, you were, you were already playing, were you on a club or just like a schoolboy team over, uh, in England? Yeah. Actually, no. Um, I'll give you the quick 30 seconds. Uh, it's a funny story. Um, I was actually born in South Africa. Both my parents were English. They moved to South Africa um, and they had uh, three, three kids, myself, my two younger brothers. We moved to England for two years. Uh, we were raised in a very English manner because, as I said, my parents were English. And then we moved here and we were only supposed to be here for a year. And I'd never played soccer uh, in South Africa on a team or in England on a team. I usually just every single day was outside playing with friends in the backyard or on the street. So I played a lot of park and street soccer. Uh, and then when I got here, um, nobody played it. So I was actually in second grade and I was the person who started soccer at our local elementary school. And every single day for the next year we played soccer. And then I moved schools and convinced everybody at my new school to play soccer. And every single day for a solid year outside of recess, we played soccer. Uh, and then I, I joined some local rec teams. And um, I think what kind of set me apart was I was very fast. Um, and because I played soccer all day, in England and then came here and just did it in recess. And after, after school, I was kind of a little bit more skillful than most players and just kind of built upon that. Uh, it also helps that uh, my dad was a former professional player. So I'd be in the backyard and he'd show me tricks and I'd play with him. Um, but one of the things my dad always said was, listen, we'll go outside and play for a half hour, but you got to sit down and watch. We got to watch soccer. The only way to get better at this sport is to watch. So, you know, I don't want to say he forced me, but I, at, at first he kind of forced me to watch soccer and I watched professional soccer wherever we could uh, on TV. And I just kind of started to pick things up and kind of started to excel. Um, so I, I, my first real introduction into team soccer was here in the USA, just playing rec soccer at the age of 10. Um, and, and that's, you know, uh, I don't want to say like a little a success story, but a little bit of a success story because I ended up getting a, a scholarship to play to play Division One soccer, and and then went on to play semi pro. And I didn't start, you know, playing on a team and being properly coached until I was ten. So it's possible for kids to start a little later and just have fun playing up until that age. Yeah, and I that's a, a definitely a a string in a lot of stories that you hear of players that. Uh you know, have had some success or, or, or a cut above is that they kind of went on it 
you know, they pursued soccer, you know, on their own right. You know, it wasn't just purely based on what mom or dad put them in. Like, you know, it was in your interest. You wanted to play, so you found a way to, to play. And um, like we learned on a previous episode, uh, last week's episode, we had Dylan Borzak, um, Oakland University's uh, uh, winger. And he, he, he's, he told uh, Brooks on the interview last episode that, uh, you know, he didn't play on a team from, I think it was like from age 9 to 12 for personal mm-hmm. circumstances. And he played like alley ball and I think Dearborn, either Dearborn or Detroit. And he just played, yeah, you know, pick up, you know, street soccer style for three years. And that's kind of put him on his way to, to, you know, the, the, the foundations of where he, he he's gotten to so far. He, he credited that, that informal time, just how you did. And that's, and that's something I think a lot of kids need to pick up here. You know, I see a lot of kids who go out and practice, they go out to soccer, to the soccer practice and then they do it twice a week with their coach and then they play a game on the weekend. But other than that, they're not playing by themselves in the backyard. And uh, if any of the, you know, any kids listening, they want to make it to a division one level or a semi-pro or a pro level, it's something you got to be dedicated to. You got to get outside and play every single day, but you got to enjoy it. Right. So you got to, you got to want to go outside and play and you got to want to go outside and find a brick wall and kick a ball against it for, uh, for 10, 20 minutes a day and work on that left foot, work on that right foot. Um, and, and there was a point a couple of years ago where I said, America is never going to be good at soccer. This is just going to be fun. It's just going to keep growing. But um, I think there's been an upturn in the past three, four years. You know, you see Weston McKinney, uh, Christian Pulisic, um, Gio Reyna, guys who when they were 10, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, that's all they did. They that's what they found their little passion of soccer. And then they went out and did it. They didn't play other sports. And it's not to say kids can't play multitude of sports, but uh, those particular players and, and myself, I don't want to put myself in there, the category that those guys are in, but I didn't play other sports and, and neither did those guys. They focused on soccer and just had fun with it and did it every single day in the backyard. And, and that's how they get, that's how you get better. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to push that a lot on the, we are soccer show is, Hey kids, you know, don't, don't sit inside on the video games, you know, Go outside and kick a ball. Go find, go find your brother. Go find the next door neighbor. Kick a soccer ball and and just have fun. Play one on one or or juggling or kick a ball against a wall. That, that that's going to really help you get better if you do that for five or ten minutes a day. So um, I hope kids start to do that more. Um, but you know, everybody has their own path. Yeah, that's true. I I, I encourage that a little bit. I I got the kids uh, uh for, for a group of first graders. Uh, I got them to 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 play after school a few few times and. And that, that seemed like it had an impact, but, uh, uh, you know, the school year ended and it faded. And mm. I regretted a little bit bringing a ball up there and end up getting thrown into uh, over a yard into a house. And then a kid jumped over the fence and was dangling by his shirt on the top of the fence. So I was like, I'm not bringing the ball anymore. I'm not bringing the ball. These kids are crazy. But uh, um, I did want to ask you, though, uh, I was asking some other people, uh, some MSC guys, Kind of as the summer has wrapped up and we're we're headway into uh, fall activities, kind of on the spot. I guess I should have given you the heads up here a little bit. Does anything come to mind for over the summer, like the club season? Do you have a, a best and worst of the summer the moments at all hmm. that you can pick out? Um, yeah, good good question. Um, well. I, I'm as I've you know I was, as we've talked about I'm very big into the European soccer and I, I watch soccer nonstop so the Euros that happened this year 
um, was some of the best soccer I've seen. I loved the refereeing. The referees have changed their their stance on things. So I, I loved watching the Euros. Um, I hated watching the finals of the Euros because, as I said, I'm English and England lost to Italy. Um, so kind of one there. Um, I, I got to watch a lot of youth kind of soccer for the Jags locally this summer, kind of play a little bit. I got to meet a lot of the different um, new coaches that are coming in. So um, I don't really, I think probably just the Euros and then the probably the uh, the Olympics. I, I, I really enjoyed getting up early and watching the women's the women's team, U.S. women's team play over in Tokyo. Um, I've really started to get into women's soccer in the last year or two because it's so technical and such a different, different version of the game compared to men. So um, I know, I know we were kind of hoping to keep it local and, and say that, but um, obviously Detroit city FC went them winning their championship was a big one as well. Um, but for me, I think the, the most fun thing was probably uh, the best and worst was probably the euros and, and, and that happened there. Um, what do you, uh, <clears throat> this is shifting gears a little bit too. Um, what could you say? You're talking about Detroit, and mm-hmm. I looked up, and you were in fact a DCFC player yourself, right? Yeah, so I played. Uh, I played the very first year the DC DCFC was in existence. I uh, I'm, I was good friends. I still am good friends with one of the owners, David Dwayhe, and um, he called me one morning and said, "Hey, there's an open tryout today. Do you do you want to come and play or come and try out?" And I said, "No, I'm I'm good. Thanks. I, you know, I'm 31 now, and I'm gonna." I think I'm just going to be a season ticket holder and, and have fun watching you guys. And he said, no, 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 just come out and play, just kick it around. So I went out and played and, and sure enough, I got picked. And then, um, so yeah, I joined the team and played that first year and uh, Detroit city FC is something special. If, if, if the view, the, the listeners haven't been down to a game, the atmosphere is just absolutely, Oh man, it's so fun. You've got half the stadium, which is family friendly, fun and friendly. The other half, which is just a bunch of, crazy Northern guard, uh, people with their supporters, the, uh, with their smoke bombs, flares and stuff. And it's so fun, such a great atmosphere. Um, it wasn't quite that, you know, to start off with from, from day one, they, um, there was, I think 1200 people, I want to say our first game and we played at cast tech and the field wasn't very good. Uh, but yeah, it was, I was so happy that I, that David Dwayne, he, uh, convinced me to play because I, I still say that's one of my the highlights of my career was was playing at that level and just having fun. Uh, the one last thing I'll say about Detroit City FC is uh, while I was playing for them, we practiced three times a week and I had a full-time job at the time and I was married uh, and the practices were harder than the games. You had to practice so hard. <laughs> it was so tough. Um, by the time, the, you know, just to get playing time, by the time the games rolled around on the weekend, I was exhausted. Um, so after one year, of that, um, my wife, uh, she, she was pregnant in the spring and then the summer and, and we were due with, uh, our first child. So I had to, I had to turn DCFC down for a second year. Um, but I, I knew it was my time because I, I, at 32 years old, I couldn't hang with the college kids anymore. You know, I was playing against 22 year olds and I was 32 and it just, it wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, you learn what young uh, knees mean uh, when when you battle a thirty something knee compared to like a teen twenty something knee. There's just no, no there's no comparison. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I would I work I would work a full day, go out and practice, and those guys would 
I probably go to class, take a nap and have a nice lunch and then, you know, saunter on out to practice. And then I was exhausted from my work day. So <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, if DCFC had been around uh, while I was in at that age, it would have been great to play. But um, now it's come a long way. The team is at a, at a more advanced level now. And man, so it, I, I still do a lot of work with um, with DCFC and oh God, the, the, the guys, the the group that started it, they still have that same mentality of a startup and they work so hard at it that it's just so fun to watch and, and, and be a part of uh, the history of that club. Um, I did see also when I was looking you up that you did actually score a goal. So if you remember that, I'd love to hear about your uh, one Detroit city FC goal. <laughs> yeah, I was actually a, um, a right winger. I played, played midfield and um, I, um, I expected to score a lot more goals that year. For someone who started eight of the 14 games uh, for DCFC, you'd think I'd have a lot more goals than one. But I had a couple assists. Uh, my job was uh, essentially to get the ball, get down the wing, and cross it into our strong forward. So uh, that's essentially what I did. Um, I got the chance to score a goal. It was in, it was in an away game, unfortunately. I, I'm kind of bummed I never scored a, a home goal so I could run up and you know, and, and celebrate with the fans. But uh, the way goal happened at, at Buffalo, um, I think we won that game. Um, and um, yeah, it was kind of a, not a, not a typical, I'm, I've known in my career, I'm known for running with the ball and, and kind of running around people and, and weaving in and out and having quick footwork. Um, unfortunately, that goal was kind of like the ball was crossed in from a corner, uh, bounced around, and I just found myself in the right spot and kind of toe poked it into the back of the net so nothing stunning but it counts all the same you know a bicycle and a, a toe poke count all the same it's just one goal so yeah uh, one goal couple assists um had a great time uh playing with that team uh something i'll remember for the rest of my life awesome thanks for thanks for sharing that story i really appreciate that um i do want to ask going back to your show uh mm. we are soccer that uh, appears on saturday mornings on woodward sports network and you're about six months in, and congratulations on that. Um, where uh, do you see that show in, say, five years, do you think? Man, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I, this has been such a learning experience just doing the show and, and, and finding sponsors and working with sponsors and um, making sure I, you know, the majority of my week now is just spent making sure I've got the correct notes and facts down for the show. I haven't had a chance to really look ahead. I'm just trying to make sure every, every week we're focusing on what we should be focusing on and bringing, bringing uh, the highlights and the facts to the show. Um, I would love, I would love in five years for it to, to have grown to the fact that we're on every single day. I think at some point there's so much soccer that um, we could have a live one hour show every single day um, with myself and, and hopefully other people who, who we kind of bring in. Um, I, you mentioned earlier, you know, you're listening to Sirius XM. Um, I listen to Sirius XM FC, the, the one channel 157 on Sirius, the, uh, the soccer channel. Uh, I would love for We Are Soccer to have one, be one hour or two hours on, on that channel. Um, I think we've got myself and two other people who are coming on board here to to help grow the show. And I think we've got a lot of soccer knowledge to share. Um, and, you know, five years from now, it would, I would love it if that was my full-time job and I'm just talking about soccer, going out to soccer games, 
taking notes and spreading the love that, that is soccer and highlighting youth teams and, and doing it full time. But if not, um, you know, I hope to, I hope it just keeps going and, and, and we're just talking soccer because that's, it's, it's all about the love of the sport. Really. Uh, if I can make a living out of it, that's great. But it, it's at this point, it's not the goal. It's just to go week by week and uh, try to be better than the last week. I don't know. This is going to sound kind of weird, but I, I end up watching all my own videos um, from the previous week and and writing little notes down like, oh, I said the word um too many times or, oh, I didn't look at the camera enough or my eyes were wandering on the intro or I skipped something and um, I try to just try to be better every single week. Uh, my soccer career, I'm 41 now, my soccer career has come to an end um, and I've coached, I've played, I've refed, uh, I've managed the only thing I haven't done uh, is a soccer show. So I was like, oh, soccer show, here we are. That's where we're going. And now I'm trying to treat it like I did my career, just trying to get better every week from game to game. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. And yeah, yeah, working uh, in soccer full time, that, that, that's, the, that's the dream. But uh, day by day is, is what we can do for now, right? Yep, exactly. It's, it's just for the love of the sport and, and just I'm just happy kind of just being able to to join people like yourself and the rest of the Michigan soccer central crew and just talk soccer. And I love the messages and I love the, I love seeing the passion that you guys have for the sport. And it's, uh, it's so refreshing to see because um, there, there's money to be made in this sport. And I, I got out of coaching because uh, I didn't like the amount of money that was changing hands or was required. So I got out of the coaching for that. Um, but you guys, I love watching the passion you guys and, and, and how you want to see the sport grow. So it's, that's the goal is just to continue doing it and see where it goes. Thank you so much. And before I let you go, I got another, uh, question. I like to ask, uh, passionate soccer guys, and clearly you are one. Um, mm-hmm. can you, another goal question, can you tell me, uh, your dream goal, whether it be a goal that you have scored yourself or uh, or have seen? Oh, man, what a question. Um, uh, I, one, I, I can't think of a goal that I've scored myself that, um, that really stands out. The Detroit City FC goal was, was one that I'll never forget, uh, scoring my first goal for Michigan State. Um, kind of remember that a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to say there was a goal uh, a year and a half ago. I'm a big Aston Villa supporter. Um, I've grown up supporting Aston Villa my entire life. Uh, Jack Grealish scored a goal at West Ham uh, a year and a half ago to keep Aston Villa in the premiership. We ended up tying the game one, one. And because of that goal and that draw, Aston Villa stayed in the premiership. And uh, I, I fully expect the Villa to keep growing here in the next couple of years. And, You'll see us in the in the Champions League. So I think when that goal went in the back of the net, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody within a two mile radius of my house could hear me jumping up and down and screaming. I mean, I was just absolutely going berserk. So that that was a great goal for me to to watch. Yeah, that was a real sliding doors moment. And uh, did I hear you say uh, Aston Villa Champions League? Yeah, uh, they. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a quick thirty second spiel here. Aston Villa have. Uh, two owners, one's an American and one's an Egyptian, uh, and their combined um, net worth is the third richest in the premiership. 
Um, so you've got Man City, then Chelsea, then Aston Villa with the third richest team in the league. Uh, and our owners have said they will they will spare no cost to get us to the Champions League. So um, they were willing to keep Jack Grealish and throw him a lot of money this summer, but he wanted Champions League soccer this instant, and, and we let him go for £100 million. But if it wasn't for them being in the Champions League, he would have stayed with us. And uh, yeah, the, the Aston Villa owners have have shown that they're willing to spend the money and get us to the the promised land of the uh, the Champions League. So I fully expect them to continue doing so. Um, I hope so anyway. <laughs> yeah, total sliding doors moment. If he doesn't uh, score that goal, they don't stay in the Premier League. He doesn't have that great you know follow up season. He doesn't mm-hmm. end up resigning the contract, which ends up netting them you know. 100 100 plus million uh pounds which could potentially be in the springboard to to elevate farther so yeah i'd say that that that's a landmark goal for sure because in times past i mean you could argue liverpool uh you know sprang their way up in status after they had their huge sale of coutinho to barcelona Mm -hmm. and likewise it took a little bit uh, longer more of a long term and didn't quite hit the highest heights but you could say that uh tottenham uh got to another level in a way uh, once they sold uh, Gareth Bale for a ton of money. Um, so yeah, yeah. Onward and upward for, for Villa. They just had to survive that one year and uh, hope it could be a, a stepping stone sliding door sort of moment for them for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, if, if Grealish hadn't gotten injured last, uh, last spring for the last 10 games of the year, uh, the Villa probably would have finished fifth, sixth, and maybe snuck into Europa League. Um, but wasn't to be. He got injured. We dropped a lot of points and uh, found ourselves finishing in 11th spot. So um, without him, I fully expect us to still finish top 10 this year, though. So, But, you know, it's the life of a Villa fan. It's almost like uh, being a Lions fan. Um, you never really win, and they break your heart every year. So we'll see what happens. A lot of false dawn there. I, I've followed uh, Aston Villa, at least like in the background, peripherally. I was actually born in Sully Hull, which oh, is a, really? a suburb of Birmingham, so so yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm definitely familiar with uh, that territory. Uh, oh man, that's awesome! I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've been noticing the people that I gravitate to are kind of like have mirror lives because I myself, uh, uh, you know, lived over there in middle school and then moved here and immediately lost my English accent as well. So <laughs> so we've got something in common there. And in bringing uh, this conversation back locally to end up. Do you think that DCFC goes on to uh, to win this fall championship as well? Absolutely. I think uh, DCFC are, are head and shoulders the class uh, of the, the NISA League. I think they – I don't know if they go undefeated th- this fall season, but I definitely see them now that they've uh, – they, they tied last night. They got uh, – I'm sorry, they won last night, which moves them into first place in the league. I don't see them letting up. Um, Trevor James has done such a great job with that team. I see, I see DCFC going on to win the fall championship for sure. Yeah, I saw it tweeted out that uh, under Trevor James, Detroit hasn't lost the road game. Which oh, I didn't just, know that. Which That's is just uh, unreal. I, I, I'll have to fact check that, but I saw that that blowing around after uh, Sunday night's game in Chicago, and I got to shed a tear because I, I moved here from Chicago in 2016 and frequented uh, what is now called SeatGeek Stadium and. Uh, that even though the fire was wretched, uh, they actually would win awards for uh, groundskeeping, like best pitch. And seeing it last night, it, it, 
you know, empty stands and a, and a beat up grass pitch. I, I had to shed a tear a little bit for what, what's become over there for Chicago soccer. Yeah. It's kind of sad how that stadium's kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. falling apart a little bit. Yeah. The, the field wasn't the greatest either, but yeah, it's kind of sad. I, I know uh, it's, it's strange how that stadium just kind of falling away now, but yeah, that's, that's MLS for you. Right. And that, that stuff happens. Yeah. When, when, once they're out, they're out, I, I, I suppose. But, um, Craig Hearn, a former a four-year uh, soccer letterman at North Farmington and Michigan State Spartan and uh, DCFC scorer and now host of We Are Soccer. Thank you so much for spending your time here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you, Robert. I really appreciate it, man. That'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Soccer Central. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to send in your nominee for the Michigan Soccer Central We Are Soccer Team of the Week. Send us a post with your nominee and you can get it uh, in the mix for the uh, Team of the Week presented on the We Are Soccer show on Saturday mornings as well as across both Michigan Soccer Central and the We Are Soccer social media so until next week thank you to jenny hajnaki for editing the program dan katranza for the music and everything that the michigan soccer central network of folks puts together to help put this show and all of the msc content together so until next week enjoy that soccer michigan soccer central